Good morning. My name is Brian White. I am so glad you're here this morning. Um, glad you all got up this morning. I, it's funny, I didn't even think about it, but you know, I, I, I am an early morning person, and so I don't usually set an alarm, and I think in the last like two years, I, I set it last year, I'm sure, for spring forward. And then I usually said it when, you know, we have like a, a plane ride or something, but I just haven't done much. And so this morning, my alarm clock went up. I was like, what is that? <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> we are in the midst of a sermon series on uh, the Lord's Prayer. And I want us to begin uh, with the, the Lord's Prayer. Would you join me? Pray in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So that's, that's the version from uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew. And we're going to get to the one that we know at the end of the message. But I just think it's really important... Uh, for us to, there, there's actually a, a, a little shorter version in Luke, and then the one that we all learned uh, early comes from the tradition, uh, and I think it's really important for us to, to remember that. Well, we've been studying the Lord's Prayer, um, we had the Wednesday night class on the Lord's Prayer, and, and I shared a couple stories that people uh, have told me over the years about the Lord's Prayer. And this week I had a couple people come up and, and tell me some other stories that they had. And, and my good friend Dan Felton, right down here, shared a, a great one uh, the other day with me. And he was uh, at a scout event. He was, he was very active in scouts for quite some time. And it was at Phil Mount uh, Scout Ranch. And, and, and they have a, a working gold mine on this scout ranch. And one of the things they would do is they would take the kids into the gold mine and they take them, you know, down to the belly, and then they would shut off the lights. And then they would teach them how to get back out. And so they all had to do the chain thing, you know, and they had one hand on, on a side to try to, you know, figure out how they would get out of a cave, basically, if need be. And so Dan said, by the time they'd been doing this, trying to get out, just, you know, inch by inch by inch by inch by inch by inch, when they finally emerged out into light, person in front of him said, I have never heard the Lord's Prayer said so many times over and over and over and over again. It's hilarious. Well, we're going to look at the first line of the Lord's Prayer this morning. Uh, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know, I think sometimes we're, we're just so familiar with these words and, and we say them, and it's, there's a beauty in this. We say them in, by rote over and over and over. And, you know, we, we kind of forget every line and every single word is just absolutely fraught with meaning. I mean, just the fact that Jesus calls, us, calls God Father, but then he, he calls us to call God Father. And think about that. Jesus is teaching us to pray. And he suggests that we begin by saying our Father. This is how Jesus addressed God. And he suggests that we do the same. 
You know, all of Jesus' prayers began with Father, except for one, uh, except for one. Prayer of dereliction, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Otherwise, he, he always began with Father. And the Father's Son wants his followers to have the same relationship with God. Earlier on in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus said, you've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your, or, uh, hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that you might be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? And then he says, be perfect therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus says we can be children of our Father in heaven. Children. Now that doesn't mean we're equal with Jesus, but because of Jesus' relationship with his Father, we can be sons, we can be daughters through the Son's relationship with the Father. It's very profound. How do you address God when you pray? I mean, we're teaching this class facilitating on Wednesday nights on the Lord's Prayer. And last Wednesday was really kind of a workshop. And we talked about the building blocks of prayer in the Lord's Prayer and how we can use the Lord's Prayer as a model for our own prayer. And it's a way to actually learn how to pray. And, you know, one of the things I always hit is Prayer is what you sing about and what you long for. What you sing about and what you long for. The petitions in the Lord's Prayer, these are the things that we long for. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's, that's what we, we, we long for these things. But the first line of the prayer, this is what we sing about. That we get to call God Father. Our Father who art in heaven. That's what we're singing about. When Jesus prayed, he didn't just say, uh, call God Father. He, he usually added a word, and, and one of the words that he added was Abba, Father. Abba is, is like a close, familiar father who is intimately connected with his children. Mark 14, 36, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, and yet not what I want, but what you want. God's love for you is not just like the intimate love of a father for a child. God's love for you is the ultimate 
intimate love a father might have for his children. And it's very sad, but I, I do think we need to pause. I have a wonderful relationship with my dad. He's right back there. Hi, Dad. But I know that's not always the case. God as Father is the ideal, the loving, the protecting, the, the rock that you can always count on, regardless, you can always trust, no matter what. That is my experience. So this image works so well. And, and, and I know far too many people don't have the same experience. And some of them really bad experiences. And if that's you, I'm very sorry. I really am. Ultimately, Father is a description of, of the characteristics that Jesus wants to convey. Loving, caring, compassionate, a rock that will never leave you. And any image of God is eventually going to break down, right? And I believe with all my heart, you know, that Jesus wouldn't want you to, to just force you to describe God in a way that, that is going to bring painful memories or an image of neglect or whatever. But, but when Jesus says, Father, he is talking about the ideal. And I do believe this Father can heal any experience. But I don't believe Jesus is going to fault anyone if an image of Father is a barrier to experiencing His love. Jesus says, our Father, plural, right? Uh, in Greek, it's pater hemon, Father of us. Father of us. Last week, we talked about how easy it is to, to say the Lord's Prayer backwards. And, and, and I think that's, you know, the prayer can so easily become about me when I do that. What do I mean? Help me. Deliver me. Forgive me. Give me bread. But when we start at the beginning like Jesus calls us, He centers on the God of us right away. It's not about me. Have you ever noticed the words I, me, my, mine do not appear in this prayer? Not once. It's all our Father, Father of us. We pray as a family. Roberta Bondi, she's a church historian, and, and she wrote about this time that she was praying the prayer, and, and, and um, she was struggling with a woman at the time, and her name was Vicki, and, and she said that she prayed the opening statement, and then she paused. And she heard God's voice say, do you hear what you just said? Our father, this is Vicki's father as well. And she said, she prayed the line again, and, and she said, God, my father, and the father of Vicky. She said, at that moment, she realized Vicky was one of God's children. Vicky was her sister. 
And, and she realized she, she couldn't hate her anymore. Yeah, I just wonder, just those first two words, how would our relationships, how would our lives look if we just took that line by heart every time we say this prayer? Now, we should probably pause and hit a question that I think at least one or two of us are thinking, if not all of us. Does R mean other Christians? Or is this just people in general? Psalm 33. The Lord looks down from the heavens. He sees all humankind. From where he sits in thrones, he watches all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the heart of them all observes all of their deeds. I, I just, if we're going to pray our Father, I think Jesus wants us to include those who recognize as God as Father, absolutely. But I wonder if we're supposed to recognize those the Father created and those the Son died for and those the Spirit is seeking. I, I just think praying our Father has ethical implications in it if we're going to take this seriously. We're saying we're all related, right? We're all family. We are all to be faithful to one another as the Father is faithful to His children. And we're called to care for one another. We have a couple of series of videos that uh, the, 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 the younglings on our staff are putting together, and they're awesome, and it's way beyond my pay grade. But just the last couple of weeks, we've had one on Facebook and one on YouTube. And, and I, I want to share uh, one of those series is Heart uh, from Hillspring that uh, Trevor Hollenbeck and Kelsey Weinrich are putting together. And this week, they shared a story uh, about our Sprouts Preschool. And I want to watch an excerpt from that. Hi, Hillspring. My name is Lindsay Shelton. I'm the director at Sprouts Preschool, and I have Josie Salazar here with me. She's one of our lead teachers and has been with Sprouts for many years. And we're here to talk about just some of the meaningful relationships that we've developed over the years with our Sprouts families and um, just our hope that we have when these kids um, leave Sprouts and, and kind of go out into the world. So do you want to speak into uh, the family that oh, we... Oh, for sure. So yeah, there... Um, is currently a student in my class who had some unforeseen circumstances happen to their mother. She um, was um, affected by COVID seriously, had to have emergency C-section, um, child went to the NICU, and mother was um, transported to Portland. So dad was left home with preschooler, four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn baby that was um, hospitalized. Um, when I heard that story and got that message about their situation, I felt I have to do something right, right now. What can I do at 10 o'clock 
p.m. from from my home. What can I do for them right now? Because it was like something was in, pulling on me to do something right now. So I sent a message to um, all of my students and I said, hey, this is the situation. What can we do to pull together for this family? And by the next morning, we had a huge substantial amount of donations of um, like Venmos and PayPal's to me. So I was able to just turn around the next day and provide that family with a big donation because I didn't know what their needs were, but I knew they needed something. And um, so not only do we wanna like create these relationships with these families, but we wanna support them in the great moments, their milestones, um, in all of like the joyous stuff, but in also um, the sad moments, you know, when they need those, um, when they need us to embrace them, not only as their teachers, but as like a family or an aunt or someone who cares for them, not just in school, but outside of school. So um, building these relationships in classroom, in our classroom, also, we take them with us outside of the classroom. So um, for me, it's so important to just treat all of these kids like they're our, our families and just love them through good and through bad and know that you know they have um, a great support system here at Sprouts and at Hillspring. That really has touched me too, is just how all of the Sprouts staff has rallied around this family. For sure. With gifts and meals and gift cards and rides home for Elijah and picking him up and mm -hmm. just that as moms we can all relate and this breaks our heart yeah. but I think that's what also um, makes us good at our jobs is we feel like that all mm -hmm. these kids are our own little kids even while they're while they're there they're our, yeah. they're our kids they're our families and so we'll do what we have to do to support them like Josie said and good times are bad and this family is one example of of our mission here at Sprouts is to um, to to show love to them and to hope that when they leave Sprouts that not only do they have a great first school experience but they also have um, the love of Jesus in their hearts and that they know about Jesus and that they can bring that home to their parents who who maybe don't know the Lord um, and what better way to hear about Jesus than through your preschooler. Just be so proud of our Sprouts. It's a great model of understanding our Father. And God's name being hallowed in the process, I think. So what does hallowed mean anyway? I mean, that's not a word most of us use, at least very often. Um, I think we all learned this line as a kid, most of us, but uh, do we even know what hallowed means, really? In Greek, it's pater hemon, father of us, hagiastato tonamasu. So it's hallowed be thy name. Or, or more closely, you know, father of us, may your name be made holy. May your name be perfected. May your name be sanctified. It just brings up so many questions, at least for me. Does that mean God's name isn't holy already? That doesn't sound right. What effect does my prayer have on God's name being holy? 
Jesus calls his followers to hallow God's name. If we call God Father, and we claim to be his children, we need to show some family resemblance in our genes. What happens when the children of God give no indication who their parent is? I mean, the words learn, the world learns about life in God when the world watches us, right? How we live, how we interact. Is there a family resemblance there? I do think we make God's name holy when we live our lives as God's children everywhere we go. But that said, this petition is not about us. At this point in the prayer, we're directed God. What do I mean? You know, I spent a lot of time thinking about this in the last couple weeks, and I actually kind of changed my mind on this. The more you study this prayer, the more you realize when we say our Father who art in heaven... We're talking to God there. There's six requests in the prayer, and and they're, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So the first three, they call them thou petitions. And the second are we petitions. What does that mean? The first three, number one, we pray for God to make his name holy. We'll come back to that. Number two, we pray for God to bring in his kingdom. Number three, we pray for God to fulfill his will. Then we move to the us. Number four, we pray for God to give us, we're the recipients, daily bread. Number five, we pray for God to forgive us. uh, There again, we're the recipients. Number six, we pray for God to guide us. We're the recipients. But when we say, hallowed be thy name, we aren't the subject. I mean, this this isn't about uh, humans making God's name holy. We're praying for divine action. John 12, Jesus, he he talked about his call as a servant, and then he talked about our call to follow him, and and we're supposed to serve others. And basically he's saying, we need to show some family resemblance in our life and our action toward others. Listen to this. So he says, those who love their life will lose it. Those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. And then he says, my soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. He says, Father, glorify your name. Father, glorify your name. Then John tells us, a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, I will glorify it again. And then we're told this crowd standing there heard and said it was thunder, and others said an angel has spoken, and Jesus answered, the voice has come for your sake. Father, glorify your name, Jesus prays. And the response, I have glorified it, 
and I will glorify it again. And Jesus says, that voice is for your sake, not mine. When we say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, we're, we're, we're petitioning God to act in ways that, that we experience the divine name. To act in ways that brings the kingdom and displays God's rule among us. We're asking God to show his face. We're praying God would demonstrate his holiness so that all might witness God's name above all names. And that we might experience the presence of God right here, right now. Next week we're going to talk about Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm really excited. You know, I said this last week, but Reggie McNeil's going to be here, and uh, he's going to help us understand what Jesus is calling us to pray about when we say that. Uh, and if you haven't heard Reggie, you, you have to be here. But the point for today, when we say our Father who art in heaven, we're not just talking about God's address, heaven, right? There's way more going on here. On one hand, these are words of comfort. Uh, they're words of assurance. God in heaven. Heaven is where God is king. And God is with our loved ones who have gone on before. They're with God. But what we're really praying for is that he becomes king on this side of eternity as well. And we experience what that will look like. You know, the Bible ends with this beautiful vision of heaven and earth coming together in the book of Revelation. This is where it's headed. This is what we're praying. That this was God's design from the outset. Heaven is where God is king. And we're praying that it looks more on earth as it does in heaven as God shows his face. You know, we have an opportunity... I think, to pray for that right now. So, like I said, uh, Wednesday night we have this class on the Lord's Prayer. And, and this last week, it was really more of a, a, a workshop. And it was, um, we talked talk about the components of the Lord's Prayer and then how you use them to put together your own prayer. And, and then I asked the class, because I wanted us to write a prayer together. And, and so I asked, what, what should we pray for? And I was so proud of the class. I, we had 50, 60 people there. And, and, and they all said, we need to pray for Ukraine. I was very proud to be their pastor. Last weeks we've been watching, right? Finally, Seemed for an eternity of buildup, but Russia attacked, invaded. So on Friday, it was estimated there's been two and a half million refugees. Over a million are children. 
They said the next wave of refugees will be the elderly and the sick that haven't been able to get out yet. At least 18 hospitals have been bombed. A children's hospital, a maternity hospital bombed intentionally. They said they do this so it, it creates, it takes soldiers away from the front lines because they have to act as military police to get people out of there. And so it takes them out of the battle. We could ignore that. But if we do, I don't, just don't think we're praying the Lord's Prayer as Jesus intends us to. We're starting at the end, right? Forgive me. Feed me. The Lord looks down from the heavens. And he sees all humankind. And where he sits enthroned, watches all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all observes all their deeds. Ours as well. I want us to be a church that prays the Lord's Prayer with Jesus' priorities, beginning with our Father. As God looks down from the heavens and He sees all humans. He sees the Ukrainians, he sees the Russians, and he sees us. He sees Putin's deeds, and I think we're called to pray for him. And those who are carrying out evil. And the Father sees Ukraine, and the Father sees what's happening, and we have to pray for the Ukrainians. We have to pray for the orphans, the, the homeless, those who stay behind and are defending their country, and, and those who are trying to get out, and those who have. Two and a half million. You know, prayer is not just turning something over to God and say, you know, you get, get on this, take care of this, will you? We aren't setting God's to-do list for the day when we pray. We're lifting up a situation to God. And we're saying, use me. I offer myself to be part of your work. I want to be part of the solution here, God. Uh, you know, and our church does so much for the local community. Uh, you know, I'm so proud of you. You know, we allocate once a quarter 100% of our offering to local missions, to, to food banks, to help with uh, Grace Clinic with um, uh, our free health care and, and to, um, to help trafficking victims with Mirror Ministries. I mean, we do so in, in Honduras. We do so much in Honduras. I don't know how many people we've, kids we've adopted in Africa over the last year. But there's millions of people who are fleeing their home right now. So I want us to partner with World Vision. And this week, 
just 100% of our offering is going to go to help Ukrainian refugees, children, families. I'm going to work with World Vision. It costs when you want to say, Our Father. It may not cost money. I mean, that's not the point. And we hurt when others hurt. And we pray. And we help. You join me in this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.